Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining Dorsey Ross on this episode of The Dorsey Ross Show. In this episode, Dorsey interviews another special guest that will give you hope and inspire you. Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of The Dorsey Ross Show. Today, we have a special guest with us. Her name is Marnie Greenberg. She's an international leadership mentor, the author of books, the host of her own radio talk show, media expert and keynote speaker for organizations around the world. She is fun and fast-paced, yet peaceful and applicable. Her history includes fires, floods, and a tornado, car wrecks, business setbacks, a burglary, lightning strike, ambulance drive, and more. She models comeback behavior, possibility, thinking, and profound faith. As the rep hostess of www.womenspeakers.com, the longest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, she connects event planners with speakers from every experience level, free range, and denomination. Marty, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Great to be here. Thank you, Dorsey. So before we talk about what we're going to talk about, let's go back and Tell us a little bit more about yourself and especially what you mentioned in that in that bio. Seems like you've been through a lot in your life so far. Yeah, you know what? I think everybody has. We all have our own journeys, right? Um, some of some of our journeys are things like mine, a list of things that we've had to live through, uh, fires and floods and burglaries and things like that. Uh, Dorsey, you've had your own challenges and every listener uh, has had their own challenges. And I think I'm excited to talk with you guys today about how to actually think about challenges because we're all, we're all facing them all the time, right? And if it is one thing, it's another. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, I think I, from the time I was small, I had a hard time to understand what, um, what I was supposed to be doing, how I was supposed to learn. And I really didn't learn to read well until I was an adult. So I struggled my way all the way through school. And I think that's kind of where I learned um, after that. Then I learned that God brings good out of even the hardest things. So because I had to learn how to simplify everything in order to just digest it as a child, uh, the educational pieces, I have been able to simplify things for other people my whole life. And that's actually how I ended up writing 13 how-to books is because things were complex and I had a, I have a way of just simplifying them. And so I, I think that that's how it is with all of it. God doesn't waste anything. If you've had pain, God wants to use it for something good. Absolutely. Now tell us a little bit about how to survive and even thrive through some difficult times when it comes to success in our lives. Yeah. One of the things I do, I have a coach certification program called Success Principles Intensive. And I start that program by defining success from what I believe is the way God defines it. So Webster defines it as the successful achievement of a goal, right? You're successful if you achieve that goal. Okay. So my kids were raised with um, an Olympic gold medalist, Gigi Marvin. Uh, And we watched her grow up 
And she was on the ice all the time. And she was learning how to be a wonderful hockey player. And she went on and became an Olympic gold medalist in hockey, in in ice hockey. So as we watched her growing, she had a goal in mind, right? And she became a success. Yay, gold medalist. And congratulations to Gigi, right? So that's awesome. And that is one way to define success. And it's actually really legit. But if we apply that to our everyday lives, then it doesn't work out so well. Because it took Gigi over 20 some years to become a gold medalist. She got to be on the stand for about five minutes, and then she was a past gold medalist. So we can't really live like that, right? I mean, how are you going to live like that? Everything's either in the future, it's that one special moment, or it's the past. So living like that doesn't really work. And I think what God has done for us in the Bible is he has explained how to be a success using the terms, well done, my good and faithful servant. And what I do is just before I go to sleep at night, I just check in with God. How is it with us today? And either I hear his quiet, well done, good and faithful servant, and I go to sleep. Or some nights he's like, well, there's some things we could talk about before you go to sleep. (laughs) But we don't have to wait until we die to find out if we were successful. There are, there, are, there are ways that we can tell that right now. And one of the things that does not make us less of a success or more of a success is having troubles in our life. It isn't the troubles that make us a success or a failure. It is what we do with the troubles that make our lives a success or a failure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're talking about with the success, sometimes it's even hard to you know, define or to look at our own life and figure out, you know, are we a success or are we not a success? We have to, you know, like you're saying, we have, you know, we should look at the Bible and see, you know, what, how does the Bible define it? And like, you know, you said it perfectly, you know, how God says it, well done, good and faithful servant. Look, you know, look to him and see how, you know, what he says about success and what, you know, how he Right. And and it makes it it makes it feasible. Otherwise, Dorsey, everybody's definition of success is going to be different, right? Yours from mine. You might say that a person isn't financially successful until they reach, you know, a billion dollars. And I might say, wow, I think they're financially successful if they've got enough to pay their bills. You know, another person might say, oh, wow, I don't think even a billionaire anymore. You know, it just depends on everybody's definition. So if we go to the creator, the God who made us, and we ask him, how am I doing from your perspective? That's where we're going to find whether we as individuals are being successful in his eyes. And if not, what we can do to change that. The next uh, topic you want to talk about is the uniqueness of you. Tell us about that and how, you know, we can learn and survive and even thrive through the trials with that, with that concept. Absolutely. So once again, just like no two people would define success in the same way, uh, financial success. So no two people have the same challenges or gifts or even opportunities in life. And um, when we think about that, there's um there's kind of a teaching that's going around now that says that you can do anything you put your mind to. Have you ever heard that? 
Oh, I'm cool. I've heard it for you. <laughs> right, right. And even in the Bible, Paul says, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. But the the part of that that gets misunderstood is that it doesn't mean everything, everything. <laughs> because no matter how hard I try, I'm never going to be able to perform like a Tom Brady or a Michael Jordan. It's simply <laughs> not going to happen. I don't have the physical makeup for it. I I won't ever be able to be like them, no matter how much I put my mind to it. And if I go to the top of a mountain, no matter how hard I, I will myself to be able to fly, I will not be able to fly down that mountainside. If I jump by faith off of it, I'm going to land at the bottom in a heap. <laughs> so I think we have to really step back and say, what do, what does that mean? That anything that a man can conceive, he can achieve. Or in the Bible, I can do all things through Christ who th- strengthens me. Paul wrote it when he was in prison. So if I was writing that, I would say, uh, well, you can do all things except get yourself out of prison, right? <laughs> But he was saying, I can even be in prison because God is strengthening me. I can even tolerate these hard times because God is strengthening me. He, it, we, we took it and we, we turned it all the way around from what it was intended to be. It was intended to be that we can survive and thrive through anything God allows into our lives as we let God help us do that. And our challenges are just as individual as our eye color, our hair, the hair type we have. You know, in America, I have a real curly hair, Dorsey. And uh, and in America, nobody really ever goes out of their way to compliment my hair. It's just real, real curly and it just is what it is. But boy, I tell you, when I go to Africa, they love my hair. They're touching my hair and they're like, how do you get your hair to do that? I want my hair to do that. See, so it's we're very unique from each other. And as we're unique from each other, God wants us to step into that uniqueness and to be all we can be for his glory and his honor. I love that, you know, Bible verse that you brought up. And I always use that in my speaking and my stories that I tell when I share my my story, you know, different churches and whatnot. And I always tell them, you know, yes, I I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. But there's certain limitations to that as well. You know, for example, if there's a pastor that's, you know, 300 pounds or 200 pounds, I'm not going to be able to, you know, lift him up and body slam him. You know, you know, different things of right. that nature. Like, you know, like you're saying, we can do all things through Christ when he gives us the strength to do it. Right. So we can do all things Christ wants us to do. Through Christ. That's the actual way that should be read. It should not be read all things like fly to the moon this afternoon. You know, and that's not what it means. It doesn't mean all things. It means all things that Christ or God. It says in the Bible that God created good works for us to do before he even created us. He created the good works we're supposed to do. All things that God intended for us to do, we can do through him. Amen. There's a lot of us that, you know, especially the last year and a half, two years now with COVID and everything that we've had have been through, you know, stressful times yes. and stressful situations. And we'll, we'll continue to go through stressful times because stress will never go away. <laughs> we'll always have that stress in our lives to a degree. 
So how do we deal with the stress in our lives to help us to go through those trials and those tribulations that we deal with? Right. So stress is such a God-given gift. Um, If you think of stress as a very good thing in the right proportions. So if you look at a tire, um, you don't want a flat tire. That's that's not enough stress or pressure in that tire. And you don't want an overpressurized tire. That much stress will make it burst. You want the right amount of stress in the tire. And it's the same with a balloon. A balloon with less stress, less pressure is flat. A balloon with too much pressure, too much stress explodes. There is the right amount of stress for us to have. And so all of us have stress all the time. And in fact, if you even think of the word blood pressure, What is blood pressure? It is stress. It's how much stress the blood is causing on your veins at this moment. And there's a safe zone. And then there's the unsafe zone. So I like to think of a bottle of pop or soda, uh, maybe a bottle of Coke. And if you have this bottle of Coke, and it's just sitting in the refrigerator waiting for you to drink it, it is perfectly carbonated. The pressure, the stress in the bottle is perfect so that when you pop it open, you get that great sound, and then you drink it, and you got that great fizz, and it's all perfect. But now let's say, Dorsey, that I shake up that bottle of Coke, and then I point it your direction, and I'm going to take the lid off. What's going to happen? It's going to explode. It's going to explode all over you. (laughs) Too much stress, too much pressure. And what if I said instead, oh, it got shook up. So I'm going to settle it back down now. And then it keeps getting shook up. And then we keep letting it go, settle down, shook up, settle down. Pretty soon it's flat. So now we open it. And because of all the stress that wasn't allowed to release, it went flat now over time. That's the same for you and I. So God has created us to have the right amount of stress And that when the stress gets too great, there are two options. We can either turn down (laughs) the thing that's stressing us, which is, you know, like, stop shaking, stop shaking me. Or we can actually explode toward God. That's actually how he created us. He says, pray without ceasing. And so when we want to explode, when we feel like the stress is too great, there's actually a spiritual response to that. It's to explode to Jesus. And I always do, uh, when I'm teaching my seminars, I, I have the ladies put their hands up in front of their forehead and flash their hands open and shut like danger, 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 danger. And then we say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Because he is the 911 when we are under too much stress. Now, if we don't run to Jesus, then we only have two alternatives. We can explode all over somebody that is close to us, which people do all the time, right? (laughs) Or we can just set it aside. We can squish it down, set it aside. And then pretty soon we find that we have gone flat, that life is no longer worth living. Mm -hmm. We're depressed. And that's what that flat side looks like. It looks like I have been under so much stress my whole life that I would no longer can tolerate stress at all. I just ignore it. I just press it down. We're, we're, we're depressed and probably getting an ulcer or arthritis or something else like that because our body is at dis-ease the way that we're handling the stress. So God made a way for us to do it. And it's to release the stress to him. Dorsey, I always say, God is the only one who can handle my junk. 
If I go exploding on other people, they can't handle it. But if I explode on God, he loves it. He's like, cast all of your cares on me, all of them. And he will carry us through. Amen. Now, we talked about stress, but there's also three types of, or three kinds of fear that you Mm -hmm. talk about. Tell us about what those three kinds of fear are. Right. So there's the fear of the Lord, which is like a holy, uh, reverent fear of someone that is very powerful. So when we think of God, we should be afraid of him, but not like, um, not like afraid of him in the other two ways that fear come. So the other two ways, the second way is that you have a fear response when you are in danger. So for example, you're standing on a train track and you can feel it rumbling and you see the lights turn on and the arm come down. That's a fear response right there. You got to get off that track because otherwise you're going to get run over by a train. So there's a real healthy fear response that causes us to take action. We weren't going to take action, but because of that fear response, we take action and that helps us. But then there's the kind of disabling fear. This is the fear that is sometimes defined as false evidence appearing real. It looks like it's a real danger, but really, if you're looking at it through the eyes of faith, it's not. It's actually what you're supposed to be doing, but it is camouflaging itself as fear to get you not to move forward. So as we are fearful of God, we are fearful of him because he holds the power in his hands. It says in Daniel, he holds the power in his hands over our lives and our eternities. Well, that's a lot of power he holds over us. We should be reverent and we should recognize that he is the one holding all the power. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't come to him. So I don't know about you, Dorsey, but my dad was an amazing dad. He loved me and he cherished me and he was a really good dad. Some of you listeners, you didn't even know your dad because he left before you ever grew up enough to know who he was, or you had a dad who was really a kind of a bad dad and he maybe even hurt you. And he possibly even, um, you know, did terrible things to you. And you, you're like, I don't, I have a fear of God, but not in a good way. The thing is that God is the most wonderful father you could ever imagine. He is better than my dad was. He's better than the best dad. He's so wonderful. But even with my dad, who was a really good dad, and he loved me so much, I did not like lip off to him. I did not pretend he was one of my buddies. And, you know, uh, I, I mean, I, I have a, such a close relationship with God, Dorsey, but I don't act toward him as if he's an inferior or as if, as if we're actually equals. He is God and I am not. So right. there's that fear that comes there. But I think the one that we the one that we always apply to everything is the false evidence appearing real. We're like, as Christians, we shouldn't be afraid of anything, but we should fear God. But I don't know how to do that. So I think it's important to distinguish between the types of fear so that you can love and be loved by God while worshiping him reverently. But you can also step out in faith when you feel fear, but you know God has called you to do something. Right, definitely. Now, tell us about the four kinds of love that you want to talk about as well. Mm. 
For all of my life until the moment I understood that there were four kinds of loves, I I really struggled with how the Bible could say that if you don't have love, you don't have God. Because I would see even people who totally didn't believe there was a God or were, um, you know, even angsty against him, I would see people like that loving or caring for their children or a handicapped child. And I would think, why does the Bible say that you can't have love if you don't have God when I can see love being demonstrated, right? And so it really helped me to understand that sometimes our English version of the Bible doesn't quite tell us the whole story. With love, there are four kinds of love. There is um, eros love, which is the sexual kind of love that um, you have in marriage. There is storge love, which is like um, a brotherly love. No, storge love is actually the mother's mother love, kind of like that mommy love. You've got all of this love going on. And then you've got the phileo, which is like the brotherly love, like best friends or best buds, that kind of love. But then the fourth kind is agape love, which is God's kind of love. And so when we read um, in John, when it's saying, if you don't have agape love, then you don't have God. Well, how could you? How could you have God's love if you didn't have God? The only way to have that kind of love is to have the originator of the love. And it puts into perspective the the whole of life in 1 Corinthians 13, when it says, if I have if I have other kinds of love, like a, a sacrificial love where I would give my whole body and all of my belongings, but I don't have God's agape love, it's useless. It's meaningless. Now, did it help the people I just fed or the people I just closed? Yes, it did. But will it last for eternity? No, it will not. The only things that are going to come with us through that fire at the end of our lives where everything that goes into heaven is gold, silver, precious gems, and everything that isn't, God, agape, everything that isn't is going to burn. We have to recognize that God wants to live through us. He doesn't just want us. He, In fact, he doesn't at all want us to perform for him. He really got upset with the people in the Bible who were trying to perform for him. He really just wants us to let him live through us. And it's his agape love that changes people and goes on in first Corinthians 13 that says love never fails. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. Love goes on and on. And it's all because of God being in us that we can have that kind of love. Now, we, uh, if I'm hearing you right, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, what you're saying is we can have love, but we don't have love towards God. That's when he says, you know, that's when we don't have that relationship with him. Right. So we can, you know, if if we were going to try to go and have a meeting with the president today, you and I, the president of the United States, um, that would not work because he doesn't know us and we we don't know people close enough. Maybe you do, but I don't know clo- people close enough to him <laughs> to just say, can you just put me on his schedule? You know, you have to actually know somebody to get into the see the president of the United States. Either you have to know him or you have to know somebody. And it's the same with the God of the universe. You have to actually know Jesus in order to get in with God. And that's the way he set it up. You don't get to just go in. Uh, you have to know Jesus and then you can go into God. And then what they want to do is they want to actually live through you. They don't want you to just try to, now that we know you, now that I know you, God, uh, through Jesus, now that I know you, I just want to do my best and make you look really good. Well, that's not going to work because my best is nothing near what God can do. What they want is they want to have that Holy Spirit that lives in us flow through us so that 
other people are actually experiencing God's love. Yeah, God's love, Marnie style, God's love, Dorsey style, God's love, whoever style, but it is God's love, not our own love. Thank you for that. Tell us about the last thing, faith. So living by faith. Okay, we had to, we kind of had to talk about fear first, right? Because otherwise you can't really live by faith if you're always afraid. You can't. And we had to talk about love first because you can't trust somebody that you don't think is loving. And God is, if you read 1 Corinthians 13, that is a definition of God's love. He's the one that's always patient, always kind, never giving up on you, always investing in you, always believing that you're going to, you're going to do your best. That's God's love. So we have this amazing loving father who loves us so much and he created us. So when he created us, he created us uniquely. Everybody's different. And he has specific works for us to do that he set up before we were even created, before we were born. And now if we believe that, then by faith, we can go and do whatever God asks us to do. I tell you what, Dorsey, I am the kind of person who needs eight to nine hours of sleep a night. <laughs> and if if I'm trying to function on no sleep or little sleep, I like walk into walls. I mean, I'm just useless. I could never be a doctor or anything like that. I can't do it. But at one point, God called me to travel around the world. And I was like, I don't think that's going to work. But God just kept saying, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. And do you know that now, right before COVID, I took a trip and I went and I traveled all the way around the whole globe. And I did it all by myself. Nobody went with me. And I spoke 26 times at six conferences in four countries, and I made sense, and God got me home, and then I really needed to sleep for a while. But I am just telling you, if I didn't have faith in God, I would have never tried that. That would have been ridiculous. I would have gotten there, and I wouldn't have been useful to anybody. I wouldn't have made sense. I wouldn't have been able to process all the conversations and being translated. And, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine me, Marnie, trying to do that. But with God's strength, because he called me to do it, it was just no problem. We went, we did it, came home, and then we rested. (laughs) Amen. As we get rid of the end here, how can people reach you and how can people you know, look up your information and also look up your your book as well. Yeah, for sure. My website is just my name, M-A-R-N-I-E, Marnie.com. And you can find everything there. And also, if you like what you're hearing here today, I'm hosting a big summit coming up. I'm, I'm getting ready to celebrate 20 years in missions ministry as a mentor. And so we're doing a big summit in January of 2022. And I'd love to have you come to that. So all of those details will be available at Marnie.com. Great. Well, Marnie, thank you very much for coming on the show today. We greatly appreciate having you. Well, so fun to be here. Thank you, Dorsey, and God bless you. God bless you as well. Guys, thank you again for joining us. I hope you appreciate this podcast and appreciate this episode, and I hope you are encouraged by it, and I know I was. And, you know, share it, like it, and be encouraged by it. Have a great day. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining Dorsey Ross on this episode of The Dorsey Ross Show. Please like, share, and tell others about the show. Also, please check out the other podcast episodes 
And if you would like, donate to this podcast and buy Dorsey a coffee. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.